0: Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. We are excited to be back in this series, and uh, why not have a treadmill on stage? You know what I'm saying? After last week. And so, uh, if you missed last week, I'm not even going to ruin the surprise for you. You got to go watch it online, all right? Uh, but it was great. I Man, we talked about grace alone and how we're saved by grace alone. And so, we're going to jump straight into faith alone uh, today. Turn to your neighbor and say, Faith alone. All right, let's say like you believe it one more time. Faith alone. All right. If you're at home, look at your cat and say, I faith. You finna get out of this room. Okay. Cause we don't do cats. All right. Dogs only. Uh, so, uh, no faith alone. And so, uh, man, I, uh, my, me and my wife, as it's getting hotter. So I've been doing some five K's around my neighborhood, uh, trying to get back into that COVID wiped me out. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I was doing good on my, on my working out. And then once I got COVID cause I can't breathe. So, uh, but uh, the other day I went by one of the gyms here in town, and I, so I was like, "Man, let me see. My wife's gonna get something where we can go together." And and uh, I I only went that one time so far. I'm not gonna lie to you. But when I was there, I was looking down this long line of treadmills, and I came to a realization that only crazy people love to run. Y'all know what I'm talking about, like. Like, so if you're here and you're one of those people, you're crazy and you know what, We've all, we're, we're all in agreement, you've lost your mind, okay? So don't try to get defensive towards us, okay? Now, you may know you need to do it, but people that love to do it, I don't know where y'all are at, okay? so uh, But he, here's our reality, right? Is uh, no one loves to run. You know what, I even realized this, check this out. If something's chasing me, I don't even have to run the fastest. I just got to run faster than whoever's around me. You know what I'm talking about? So a swift kick to the knee, and now I don't have to be the fastest. I just got to be faster than them. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, so, you know, like, I'm never hanging out with him ever. Like, yeah, so whatever. But what I've realized is uh, this one thing, though, right, is that we, uh, we run. Like, even I don't run that much. I walk and jog mostly. Uh, but here's what I've realized, even as I've been working out, right, is that we don't work out because we love to work out. Now, some of you might, and I get that. Good for you, okay? But for the, by and large, most of us work out. Most of us do this because we want to eat more of this. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, we're in the right church then. All right, that's what I thought. So some of y'all may love baked chicken and broccoli, but for the rest of us, we're right here in Jesus' name. Does anybody want one? Does anybody just want one? Come on, you can come get one. See, y'all should have raised your hands earlier. Some of y'all didn't think it was real. No, that's a real guy. Oh, Oh. you late to the party? You late to the party? We're losing time. Add it to my preaching clock because now people are running behind. Okay, so that was the production team's donuts. All right, so. (coughs) But here's what I've realized. As we do this, so we can eat more of this. Can I get an amen on that? Like, All right. So just that so we're clear and we're on the same page. But isn't that for many of us what we think our Christian journey is supposed to look like? I work more so I can get more of the thing I really need in my life. Because I want you to picture that these aren't donuts for a second. I want you to picture this is grace. And for many of us, we believe if we work hard enough... We've done enough to get grace. So if I, if, if I get on, if I, if, if I can just, if I could just get on the treadmill long enough, so we, we come up here. I don't even know how to work this thing, but we're going to see. All right. So there we go. So if I, if I can just get on the treadmill long, I don't know what the rate capacity is on this, Brett. I'm not sure. So, so, uh, but if I can, if I can do, I feel like weight capacity shouldn't be a thing on a treadmill anyways, because why else would you buy one? But whatever. So, (laughs) so, so, Here's the thing we believe that if we'll do enough here when we're working out now we've earned enough here like i know buddies that literally count calories so they're like okay i've i've done enough working out that i can now have my ice cream tonight like they count like stuff like that i don't yeah i don't know they got an app or something okay so but and for many of us i want you to move past the donut world for a second because for many of us it's not about working out and getting donuts But for some of us, our Christian faith is about doing as many of the right things as possible so we can get as much grace as possible so that if we time this out right, God will let us into heaven. And that is not the true picture of genuine Christianity at all. You see, last week we talked about the idea that we are saved by grace alone. And today I want to talk about the idea that we are saved by faith alone. Turn your neighbor and say, faith alone. Because many of us would agree on faith, but not everybody would agree that it's faith alone. And so, as we looked at last week, grace is God's gift given to us, just so we're clear, to catch you up. Grace is God's unmerited favor given to us through Jesus and what he did on the cross. So, it is completed, it is finished, it is done. He doesn't need to do any more to be able to save us from an eternity without God. And so he's completed all of that. The problem is, I think many people in the church don't really know who Jesus is. And if we don't know who Jesus is, we can't really worship him for what he's done. Vodi Bachram says it like this. The modern church is producing passionate people with empty heads who love the Jesus they don't know very well. And I believe that this is absolutely true. And so today I wanna talk to you about faith alone, but I also wanna talk to you about justification. And my prayer is that through, as I educate you a little bit, we're gonna teach and we're gonna preach, all right? So uh, it's what my dad used to call treaching, okay? So we're gonna teach a little bit and preach a little bit. And my prayer is that you would see uh, how God is rescuing us through faith alone. See, justification, I'm gonna use this Christian word and I wanna give you what it means. Justification means this, it's a judicial act of God. So say act. It's a judicial act of God pardoning and forgiving our sins, accepting us as righteous, and installing us as his sons and daughters. So so when the Bible says that we're justified, that means he doesn't think that we don't have sin. It's that he's pardoning. He's atoning. He's paying for our sins. And as he pays for, as he pardons our sins and says, I know that you have them, but I'm going to move them out of the way. As he justifies us, as he pardons our sins, right? He accepts us as righteous, even though we're not. How many guys know we still got stuff we're dealing with as we identified last week. So he accepts us as righteous, even though we're not. But then here's the deal. Then he installs us as sons and daughters to God himself, And so when we talk about being justified or we talk about justification, I want to I want you to have a clear understanding of what that means, because we understand that we are justified. Now say justified. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. If you're at home, look at your coffee maker and say justified. All right. Just as if I had made more coffee. All right. So justified. So we're saved by grace, which is God's unmerited, unearned favor in our life, where he looked at us and said, I'm going to give you grace even though you could do nothing to earn it. How many of you guys are glad he did that? And so he's going to give us grace without having to earn it or not deserving it at all. And that's what we talked about last week, which was sola gratia or grace alone. And today I want to talk to you because how do I receive that grace? See, that's the second big question. All right, God's trying to give me grace. How do I receive it? And that's what we're going to talk about today because we are saved by grace alone. Through faith, which is your total trust, say total trust, your total trust without without our being obliged or encouraged to even work for it. So you're saved by grace, God's unmerited favor, through faith, your total trust, and you can't work or earn any of it. And how many of you is that completely different than every Christian message you grew up learning? I don't know about you, but subconsciously, my Sunday school teachers and my children's teachers and all that, it was, it was almost just like, make sure you're doing the good things and stay away from the bad things. But essentially what the gospel is, make sure you're looking to the good one because you could never be a good one. So what we need to do is actually change the tone of this. And so I want to talk to you about some realities of faith alone in my prayer to un- open your eyes today. So the, say to your neighbor, the realities of faith alone. All right, let's jump in. The first thing I need you to understand is that we don't need to be made better. We need to be made alive. For many of us, we believe like we're pretty good. We just need God to get us the rest of the way. And that's what we talked about last week. The reality is we're not good. We are dead in our trespasses and sin, the Bible says. Ephesians 2 says we're dead in them. There's nothing we can do. But Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says it like this. Many of you were here last week. Say these first two words with me. But God... How beautiful is it that despite all of my shortcomings, God shows up and goes, but I'll take you anyways. How beautiful is it that despite all my frailties, all my insecurities, all my problems, all my shortcomings, all my failures, God looks at me and says, I'm going to give you grace, not because you deserve it, but because I think you should have it. So he gives us grace. And the reality is we don't need to be made better. We need to be made alive. But after we've been made alive, God lets us look around at our circumstances and go, Oh my goodness, I need to get out of here. And God looks at us and goes, I've already got a way for you to get out of here. And in grace, he extends that to us. And so we're brought to life. We're brought from dead in our sins. How many of you know no one had to teach you how to sin? Like, we're miraculously born with that, aren't we? Like, go to the nursery right now and look at any two-year-old that's got a toy, right? Parents, y'all know where I'm going with this. Whose toy is that? Mine. Even if it ain't theirs. Even if another kid just walked in the door with it, but they picked it up, guess whose it is now? Mine, right? How many of you, anyone had to teach you how to steal? Now, they might have had to teach you how to steal well. Okay, so don't get it twisted. Like, some of y'all might have been bad at it, but no one had to teach you how to want something that wasn't yours, right? You saw that bubblelicious and was like, watermelon flavor now. Think so, right? And you put it in your pocket and you walked out. Why? Because it's in us to do the things that are against God. It's already there. You don't need help. You don't need encouragement. It exists, Right? So the reality is we're born into sin, the Bible says. So we're dead in our trespasses. God doesn't come to make us better versions of bad people. He comes to make us new versions in himself. And he makes us alive. And that's where we pick up in Romans 3. And Romans 3 is where we're going to spend most of our time today. If you, want, if you have a Bible and you want to go there, go for it. Romans 3 is where we're going to spend most of our time. I'm actually going to use the living Bible a lot today. I don't usually do that. But even Peter said, I don't know if you guys have read Paul before, but sometimes he's hard to read. And so for many of you who have not grown up in church, we're going to use the living Bible only because I want you to be able to understand how we're communicating today. Usually I'd rock with the ESV or NASB or an NIV, but today we're going to do a little bit of the living Bible and it's a paraphrase. And it says this, now do you see it? No one can ever be made right in God's sight by doing what the law commands. In other words, it doesn't matter how many of the right things you try to do. You'll never be right in God's eyes. How many of you are you already discouraged? Like, uh, I'm trying real hard, though. He says you can't. For the more we know about God's laws, the clearer it becomes that we aren't obeying them. His laws serve only to make us see that we are sinners. So I don't know about you. How many of you have read your Bible before, looked at where it says you need to lay down your life and follow me? And you're like, ooh, going to have a hard time with that one. Like How many of you have read something in the Bible and been like, ooh, don't like what that makes me think about myself? Because the Bible does a good job identifying everywhere we fall short in God's eyes, doesn't it? That's why many of you refuse to read it. Okay. That was the line? Okay. So so for, for many of us, we either don't understand it or we don't like what it tells us, therefore we avoid it. And here's the reality. The law was never... You know, how many guys have ever heard like I heard this growing up, basic instructions before leaving earth. Anybody ever heard like the Bible basic instructions before leaving earth? That's a terrible way to explain the Bible. Cuz it's not basic instructions. It's key identifying things in your life that you'll never get right, so trust in Christ cuz he'll get you right. And so the, the Bible, the law, what Paul is saying is it's here only to show us that we can't be good enough so that we'll put our trust in someone that can make us good enough. And so we come in and we go, these are the realities. So the more that we know, the more that we realize we are sinners. And so how did we get here, right? Well, there's two realities I want you to understand today. These are not in your notes, but I want you to grab a hold of them. Two realities, right? There's human sin. How many of us have known we've all sinned? Okay, seven, eight, nine. All right, the rest of you lied, and now you're sinners. Okay, so, so if you don't if you don't know where it was at before, we caught you up today. Okay, so, how many guys know we've all sinned? So here's two things that you can put: it exists human sin, which is universal; human sin, which is universal, and divine judgment from God, which is inescapable. And I don't know about you, but many of us grew up in church circles, not necessarily my pastor, who was my dad, but in church circles where it was like, we were terrified of the judgment of God. And for anyone who doesn't know Jesus, I think that that might be a reality. But for those of us whose faith is in Christ alone, guess what happens? We get grace, which is unmerited favor that unlocks a new identity in Christ that we couldn't earn our own, but God came and gave it to us anyways. So that means we can stand before God, not on our own works, but on the works that Christ has provided for us. So we need justification, what we talked about earlier. We need an act of God that gets rid of who we used to be and gives us a new identity. And so how does that happen? Well, here's what I want you to understand. Grace is God's gift to provide, and faith is our response to be justified. So I'm going to help you understand faith today. That's my, that's my whole goal is to help you understand how you're saved by faith alone. So grace is God's gift to provide to you, right? I provided some donuts to what was supposed to be two of you and it turned into like seven, but whatever. okay. So, like, so grace is God's gift to provide, but hear me, faith is our response to that grace and that makes us justified. How many of you know I could stand here with this box of donuts all day long, but it doesn't mean you've gotten any of it. You got to believe that I'm going to give it to you. You got to believe in it and you've got to come and get some of, not now, sit down. Okay. But like, you've got to come and get some of the, if you're going to partake, there's an element of your trust in my gift that has to step into account. And that's how faith works in our life. So, we have to do that. How many guys have ever done the trust fall before? I was going to do it on stage, but I don't trust any of you. All right, so that's really what it boils down to. Okay, so I was like, you know what? Yeah, no. Uh, so if I were to do a trust fall, though, if I, were to, if I were to say, Brett, don't come up here, but if I were to say, Brett, I'm going to fall. I want you to catch me. How many of you know the only thing keeping me from cracking this concrete when I hit it is the reality that someone's going to catch me when I fall? Like, Anybody ever seen someone do crowd surfing at a concert, but the crowd wasn't ready? (laughs) They was all like, oh, and they just moved like, brother, you need to warn somebody. Like, Here's the reality. The only thing stopping me from hitting my face on this floor would be someone else there to catch me. But here's the reality, right? Here's the reality. Many of us believe that we're good enough to catch ourselves in our sin. So, So many of us think this, like, man, I'm I'm pretty good without God, and so, man, if I mess up, I think I can do enough to make sure that I get in. So let me do all the good things because I'm a good person, because I'll do good things and I'm a good person. God's got to let me into heaven, right? And here's the reality: you don't have it in you to catch yourself in a trust fall. How in the world do we have it in us to catch ourselves in our sin? And so what we do is we come, and here's the reality. How many of you know in life, in sin, you're going to fall? Sin is a reality for all of us, right? You're going to fall. So when you fall, it's just whether that when you fall, you have faith in your own ability to which we fall flat on our face and into an an eternity without God because we tried to do it on our own. Or we fall the other way and we fall into the gracious, loving arms of a savior Who paid for us. And so when it comes to faith, our faith isn't what saves us. Our faith in the one who saves us is what saves us. And so we have to, we can understand that grace is made available, but faith is our response to that grace that then lets it become applied. Let's go to Romans 3. We're going to keep moving through Romans 3, 21 through 24. Again, this is the living Bible paraphrase. And it says this, but now God has shown us a different way to heaven. So so uh, to be clear, what he's talking about there is, is many of us, uh, the, the Old Testament, they thought that it was going to be how good you could follow the law, how good you could follow the rules. And if you could become a good person, you could get into heaven. And he's saying, but now God has actually shown us a different way to heaven, not by being good enough and trying to keep his laws, but by a new way. Now God says he will accept and declare us, say those two words with me, not guilty. That was terrible. Let's try that again. He looks at us and declares us not guilty. How many of you, could imagine yourself standing before the God of all creation. And he looks at you and you know, you're guilty. We know we messed up. We know we blew it and we know we need God. And when he looks at us and we're just going, oh man, he's going to see my sin, my shame, my porn problem, my sex addiction, my alcoholism, my drug problem, my bitterness, my unforgiveness, my anger issue. We know he's going to look at us and see all of that. And when he looks at us, he doesn't identify all the things in our life we know disqualifies us. He looks at us and goes, not guilty. Because that's what we're talking about. He says not guilty if we, here's the deal, here's what it hinges on, are you ready? If we trust Jesus Christ to take away our sins. Not if we can run long enough and fast enough and do enough. Not if we can work hard enough. Not if we can open enough doors for old ladies. Sorry, old ladies. If you, not, if we, not if we did any of those things, but strictly because we trusted, we put all of our faith in the one that could save us because we know we can't save ourselves. And it, we all can be saved in the same way by, by coming to Christ, no matter who we are or what we've been like hes I mean, I know some of us have been a mess. Some of us have blown it. I know some of y'all are like, ah, no, I don't believe that. No, listen, some of us were bad, okay? He goes on to say, yes, all have sinned and fall short of God's glorious ideal, yet now God declares us not guilty of offending him if we trust in Jesus Christ, who in his kindness Freely takes away our sins. Say freely. It didn't cost you anything. Freely takes away our sins. And here's the reality that I want you to understand today. Because for some of you, you think your faith has to be strong enough to be saved. Like I have to get, like it has to be strong enough. Like I, I got, I got, if I can believe hard enough, if I know enough, like if I can do enough, like, and here, I want you to understand this, that it's not the strength of your faith. It's the object of your faith that saves you. Case in point, uh, If my niece is over here, I didn't even know she was going to be here, that's perfect. Hayden is over here. Hayden, will you just wave at me for me, baby? Thank you. No one can see you now, but that's good. Uh, She's four, five, six, twelve. I don't know what she is, but she's young, okay? I'm really bad with ages. So, uh, how many of you know that if I were to be like, Hayden, I need you to come catch me? That would not go well for her. You didn't have to laugh that hard, first of all, okay? So... But how many of you know that would not go well for my 12 five, six, twelve-year-old niece, right? But how many know that if I was like true, my man Jeff back here, Jeff at everybody, he's six foot thirty-seven and he can catch anything. So he builds towers for a living. <laughs> like if I were to be uh, Pat, you know, Brett, if I were to say, "Hey, Chris, can you guys come catch me?" Tim, like, can you guys come catch me? How many of you guys know we would have a lot more faith in that? Because hear me, their strength. In the second round, there's no strength in the first round. And with Jesus, it's not the strength of our faith. It's the object of our faith that saves us. It's not about whether or not I can believe hard enough, no matter how strong Hayden may or may not be. It doesn't matter how much I'm like, Hayden, I just really believe you can catch me. And since I really believe you can catch me, like arms out, baby, let's do this. Like, it doesn't matter how, the strength of my faith in her is irrelevant. Because it's never been about how strong our faith is. It's always been about the object of our faith. And that is Jesus Christ, who is strong enough to catch you on your worst day. Who is strong enough with arms open wide to see every single problem we've ever had in our life and go, I'll still catch you. Don't worry about it. I know that you've gone through some things. I know you got some issues. I know you got this anger problem. I know you've got this addiction problem. I know you're struggling through a few things. But hear me, if you'll put your faith in me and receive this grace that I have for you, I'll catch you every time. And that's the beauty that it's not the object, I mean, it's not the strength of our faith, it's who our faith is in that saves us. And here's the beautiful part that takes all the responsibility off of us. Because how many of you guys know it's exhausting to feel like it's up to us to save ourselves, to feel like I got to do enough of this, enough good works, enough trying hard enough? Man. The freedom that comes through faith alone. And so Romans takes us there and it says that he freely takes away our sins. And here's the beautiful part because that should lead us to this place where true faith, this is in your notes, true faith leads to resting, not wrestling. True faith leads us to resting, not wrestling. We're, we're no longer wrestling with God. like, like for, for many of us, our faith journey, Christianity for many of us, is like us wrestling with God over who's actually going to save us. Like, no, 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 God, I got this one. God's like, please, let me just help you. And, and the reality is our resting is in its completed state because hear me, and I want you to grab a hold of this, you and I can add nothing to what Jesus already finished at the cross. You can add nothing. Turn your neighbor and say nothing. You can add nothing. So it's not like God came to save me, but like, let me just add a little extra. Cause you know, he needs me, or maybe I'm just a little extra. Like for many of us, like we think like, all right, I, if I, right, so I'm, I need to do these things. I know, like, I know Jesus did a lot of the cross, but I still got to do a lot too, because if I can do a lot, then like between me and Jesus, I can save myself wrong. Everything you need to be saved is already provided through Jesus Christ at the cross. It's finished. It's all finished. And all you do is put your faith in all he's done. And now it's done. Because it's resting, not wrestling. Romans 3, 23 through 26, as we keep going. I jump to the NIV for this because I want you to hear a verse that many of us have heard growing up. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified, there's that word, freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement, of of payment for you, through the shedding of his blood to receive by faith. And he did it to demonstrate his own righteousness at the present time. In other words, he did it to show us that he couldn't be associated with sin, but because he couldn't have sin close to him, he was going to show us that he was going to give us a way to be close to him despite our sin. So as it had to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. So, So, and then we go to Romans 3, 27 through 28 in the living Bible again. And I pray that this is helpful for you. Then what can we boast about doing to earn our salvation? What a question to ask. Then what can we do? How can we boast about earning our own salvation? Nothing at all. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Nothing at all. Why? Because our acquittal is not based on our good deeds. It is based on what Christ has done in our faith in him. So it is that we are saved by faith in Christ and not by the good things we do. We rest completely in all that Jesus already finished for us, not in all that we can do to earn it. I remember uh, my grandpa, my mom's dad, uh, he had horses uh, for a little while while we were growing up. And I don't know if you've looked at me lately, but I'm not the guy that rides horses. So I was, I remember going and he had one horse and he's like, don't get close to that horse. Cause it's still kind of like, uh, like it's, it's, it moves around a lot. Like, I don't know what the word is, but it's not angry, but it's just like, it, we haven't trained it well yet. Yeah, whatever. So I was like, so automatically, what did I do? Let's go check that horse out. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I remember going over to it and, uh, and I was going to try to calm the horse down and automatically, what do you do? You go back to all the movies you watched when you were a kid, right? Like you start trying to rub it on the nose, like, shh. like, I don't even know if this is a thing. Like I'm trying stuff that I've never tested before. This is not a tried and true theory. I saw this on the Hallmark channel. So I was like, shh. and I was like rubbing its nose thing like this right here. I was just like, shh. it's okay. I was like, am I serenading this horse, right? Like, what is going, like, I was just like, shh, it's okay. I'm here, you know? And the horse is like, if you don't get away from me. Like, so I was, and so I remember trying to calm the horse down. So I was like, shh, just calm, it's okay, it's okay. Like, all the horse trainers in Lakeland, Florida couldn't calm this horse, but here, I'm going to do it, right? And so, it's okay, shh. And so I I was talking to it, and, and here's what I realized. Even though I was telling it that everything was okay, I was terrified, This is a horse, like not a, not a horse, a horse. (laughs) And so although everything in me was like, it's okay, everything also in me was like completely terrified of this humongous creature standing in front of me that I was like, yo, if he wanted to like rear up and like, like jab me with a hoof, he could take me out. And so, like, everything in me was, like, trying to be calm and collected. But here's what I found out about horses. that They don't care about what you're saying. They can understand your behavior. They can look into what, they, what many uh, people that deal with horses, they say they can look into your soul. And if your soul is not settled, they won't be settled. And I was like, well, that, okay. And the horse never calmed down because it didn't matter how much I tried to pretend I was okay In light of this huge thing in front of me, I was not okay. And for many of us, we are putting on a rested mask in front of people, but God knows that you have no rest in your spirit. Because you're still trying as hard as you can to be good enough for God to love you. And you may shh all you want, but there's still something missing in your spirit. Because you're not calm and collected. You don't have it all together. And so God comes on the scene and he rescues us through faith. So here it is. I'm, fi- I'm, I'm saved. I don't have anything to do or anything I need to work on. So like, So for many of us, here's where we find ourselves. You ready? All right, then I'm saved by faith alone. I'm just going to ride this Christian thing out and sit on the couch for the rest of the time. Because I'm not saved by works. I don't need to do works. Not quite. James 1.22 says, uh, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Actually do what it says. And then in James 2.14 it says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no works or deeds? Can such faith save them? So here we have James saying, no, 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 you need to be doing stuff. But here we have Paul saying, hey, don't worry, none of that stuff you can do is ever going to save you. So how do we reconcile that? Well, here's what I've realized. Serving is a result of faith not a way to obtain it. When you put your faith in God, it should prompt you to want to do things differently. When when you realize that God came and rescued you by grace, it should cause you to say, you know what? I need to to do something with my life. Like I need to get to work here. I I need to not not get to work because I need to be saved, get to work because I am. I need to create impact in people. I need to, I need to start. And we go back to Ephesians two from last week. And this is what it says for it is by grace. You have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. And here's what it says for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Listen, Martin Luther says it this way, we are saved by faith alone, but the faith that saves is never alone. We are saved by faith alone, but the faith that saves should lead us to do and learn and act and give and sacrifice and serve. It should lead us to give of ourselves to say to God and to the people around us, God has saved me, and because God has saved me, I'm going to give everything I have to him, to the kingdom. And so hear me, the faith, that say, uh, faith alone saves you, but the faith that saves you is never alone. Because it should always be accompanied by works. Not works that will save you, works because he saved you. How many of you have ever seen someone before and they said they were a Christian, but the whole time you were like, mm. not because they were drinking or anything. That's not what I'm talking about. Because they were miserable and selfish. Anybody ever met someone that was like, they only cared about themselves. They never cared about anybody and they were just miserable. They had no joy whatsoever. Anybody ever met someone like that and they were like, yeah, I'm a Christian. And you were like, I don't think we serve the same Jesus. Why? Because they may be saved by faith alone, but the faith that saves should never be alone. When we come to the genuine, true realization of who Jesus is, it should change something in us. And it doesn't leave us alone. We're no longer just left to ourselves, but... But then we look around and go, oh, my gosh, I've got to do something with this life I've been given. I've got to, I've got to become active in this. I, I've got to do something because I've got to let people know who Jesus is. And that's why everywhere you look on campus, people are wearing lanyards. They're part of our dream team. And every person that's part of our dream team is serving. They're not serving. They're not working. They're not. No, no, no. They've realized that because God saved me, I need to help introduce some people to God. And that's why we do what we do. And so I'm gonna finish this up very quickly. I was telling you about going to the gym, which, you know, not my favorite thing. I'd much rather go to the donut shop. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, so in Jesus' name. Anyway, so I was going to the gym And I look look down that row of treadmills and, and everyone is trying to obtain the best version of themselves, which is totally fine. And like we said earlier, that's kind of what our Christian journey has looked like for many of us, working really hard. But here's the problem that I think for many of us we've dealt with. Brett, say a prayer. Here we go. All right. So for many of us, we start And we're working really hard and we're saying, God, see, I'm working like I'm doing this thing, man. And and I'm trying to earn this grace that you've provided. But here's where many of us have found ourselves. We're going, why am I getting so frustrated? Because I feel like I'm not going anywhere. Well, that's because you're on a treadmill. But here's what we do. We're trying to get to God's grace over there, but we're, we're trying to earn it over here. And we're saying, I really need that in my life. I really need that in my life. I really need that in my life. And so I'm gonna work harder. Like I'm just gonna turn up the speed. I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. Like I want grace, so I'm gonna work harder. And so, but the problem is we're still not getting there. So we turn the speed up more and eventually we turn the speed up so high and it's just going and we're running and we're exhausting ourselves, but we're getting no closer to what we need. And as we run and as we work and, and it's like, just turn the speed up. And it's like, all right, I'm not there. You got to turn the speed up. And then we keep turning it up and we keep turning it up. And here's the problem. It doesn't matter how hard you work or how fast you run. If it's always relying on you to get there, you're always going to fall short. But at some point, We got to realize that faith has never been about running on a treadmill. It's always been about resting in the finished work of Jesus Christ. We we sit back, we come to Jesus and go, Jesus, I'm so tired of trying to do this on my own. I've been running way too hard. For way too long. And Jesus goes. Have a seat. If you'll put your faith in me. You'll get the grace that you need. And it's only. By what Jesus has already finished. That we can partake in the thing that we've been working for this whole time. And we come and we rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ because he's already done it all. He's already finished the work. So what do you gotta do? What is your role in this? Put every ounce of faith that you have, not in your good works, but in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross that he already paid for you. And I was putting every ounce of faith that I have in you, Jesus. So here's my big question for you. Are you living a life that's going nowhere? Are you running as hard as you can, as fast as you can, trying to be a good person. Yet every time you try to pray, there's like there's a wall between you and God because you don't feel like you quite ran far enough or you quite did enough. And so before God, you hang your head low and tomorrow you come back and you turn the speed up again. Are you tired? of trying to earn this free gift? Are you tired of trying to be good enough for God to love you? I'm here to tell you today, you don't have to run anymore because God himself has made available to you all you could ever need to be saved. And it is in Jesus Christ and what he finished for you and for me on the cross. We serve an amazing God, church, that loves us so much. Can we put our hands together for Jesus this morning? I want to invite you to close your eyes across this place. two very simple realizations and prayers I want to give to you today. First of all, I want to pray for those of you that have been running on the treadmill for too long. So God, I pray for every one of my brothers and sisters in Christ who they feel like they've even hit a wall. They've ran and they've ran and they've ran and they've realized that they just can't run fast enough to earn what you've freely given. So God, I pray that you help them realize that true grace and true faith comes through Christ and Christ alone and that we can put all of our trust in you, Jesus. We thank you today and we love you. For those of you that are in the room today, my time is gone. And you're here and you're saying, you know what? I believe in God, but I don't know that I know God. And I know I got sin in my life and it's separated me from God and even guilt and shame has covered me. But today I want to put 100% of my faith in Jesus Christ that he'll take care of that sin and remove it from my life, the consequences of it from my life. And though I may have to daily make the choice to not go back to it, I'm believing that the consequences of having it has been paid for by Jesus. And if that's you today, you want Jesus to rescue you. If that's you today, you want Jesus to give you a fresh start and a new beginning and you're ready to put your faith in him today. I wanna to invite you to pray this prayer with me and the whole church is gonna pray it with you so you're not praying by yourself. Let's pray, church. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive you of my sins. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you paid for my sins. And I am justified. I receive your grace and I'm gonna give you my life. I put my faith in you. Thank you. I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all of those that pray that today. We celebrate with you guys.